You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A bizarre connection emerges as Rex Hewerman, nicknamed the alleged Long Island serial killer or Gilgo Beach killer, takes pen to paper, crafting a note to none other than the notorious Happy Face killer, locked away in prison and serving life without parole for the murders of numerous women. The Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Happy Face Killer has a daughter who also forms an unexpected with Rex's wife, Asa Ellerup, following Rex's arrest on July 13th of this year. What secrets lie within their cryptic letter correspondence? Is Rex seeking knowledge for his defense or could there be a peculiar sense of camaraderie between killers and a comfort for the wife of Rex and the daughter of the happy face killer? Rooted in the shared experience of dealing with the fallout from the horrific deeds of these men. I'm Linda with It's a Crime, so now let's get into it. In July of this year, Rex Hewerman, also known as the Long Island serial killer, was arrested for the Gilgo Beach murders. He has been charged with the murders of Melissa Bartellamy, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello, and is a prime suspect in the ongoing investigation of Marine Bernard Barnes and her murder. The alleged victims went missing between 2007 and 2010, but there is speculation of additional victims in multiple states over the years. Rex, an architect working in Manhattan, lived a seemingly normal life in Massapequa Park with his wife, Asa Ellerup, and two adult children. His stepson, Christopher Sheridan, has special needs, and his daughter, Victoria Hewerman, worked for his architectural firm. Authorities became aware of Rex in 2022 when a task force was formed to investigate the murders. Cell phone records, burner phones used for taunting calls, eyewitness accounts, and other clues pointed to Rex. Surveillance revealed his suspicious behavior, and a crucial breakthrough came in the case when a discarded pizza crust containing his DNA matched hairs found on one of his alleged victims. Hairs from his wife were also found near three of the victims. Rex's arrest shocked some, but confirmed suspicions about his unsettling demeanor. He is currently held without bail at the Suffolk County Correctional Facility. The county police commissioner, Rodney Harrison, described Rex as a demon that walks among us, a predator that ruined families, and he said this during a news conference after his arrest. Now, Keith Jesperson, who is a Canadian-American serial killer born in 1955, committed a series of murders between 1990 and 1995, claiming to have killed 166 women, though only eight have 
been confirmed. As a long-haul truck driver, he targeted prostitutes and homeless women. His first victim earned him the nickname the happy face killer due to the happy faces he drew on letters he sent to the authorities and the media. However, a false confession led to the wrongful imprisonment of two suspects. After the discovery of his first victim, Keith drew a smiley face on a bathroom wall miles away from the crime scene and sent anonymous letters confessing to the murder. He was finally caught in 1995 after strangling his girlfriend, Anne Winningham. And serving three life sentences, Keith Jesperson's preferred method of murder was strangulation. Recently, on October 5th of this year, the last known victim of the Happy Face Killer was identified as Suzanne Kellenberg. Her skeletonized remains were found in 1994 in Florida. She was identified using forensic genetic genealogy. Keith, already serving these life sentences, has now been charged with her murder after admitting responsibility for killing and dumping her body. Despite his claim to have killed 160-some women, only eight have been identified. Interesting note as well, Keith was actually trying to get into the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, when he lived in Canada. Now, recently, a note from Rex to Keith has been made public and was dated August 31st, 2023. It's actually in response to Keith Jesperson's letter, which has not been made public as a the time of this recording. The note is interesting and it's interesting how Rex had written it with his letters all over the place it seems and just an observation he made some spelling errors and grammar errors. So this note is dated August 31st 2023. Rex says, Keith, first off I would like to say thank you for your letters advice. They have been a help and comfort to me. I do understand what you have said and taken it to heart. Now, already I wish we knew what kind of advice Keith is giving to Rex, don't you? But later on in this video, there is some information that alludes to it. Let's get through this letter first. He continues. Being only a month and a half into this, as you know, I've had a lot to think about. Right now, I need to get a few things in order which the lawyers are working on. You were right about letters. I have gotten a number of them asking for interviews to be friends, pen pals, and one guy who sent me three letters asking me to write back to add to his collection of letters. You are the only person who I have written back to and plan to write to. I know I have gotten into great detail. I'm not sure if my mail is not being read. I did have one officer make a comment to me that he knew you were writing to me. So it sounds like OSP is not such a bad place to be. By the way, OSP in this letter is short for Oregon State Prison, where Keith is actually incarcerated. He continues to write, do you have butter for your bread? How is the day-to-day -day food? I will admit the food at SCCF is not much to look forward to each day. That's short for Suffolk County Correctional Facility where Rex is being held. He writes, also, Yard is just walking in circles outside. I do understand what you have told me. Now, this is twice that he's saying this. He opened up his letter saying, I do understand what you have said and taken it to heart. And here he says, I understand what you told me, which is interesting. So he then says also that timing is important with this process. I am working out the timing. Next court date is September 27th. As I understand it, that is just a conference court date. So I do not expect much to happen. I have not even seen the discovery yet at this point. Now, note. 
When you fast forward to that September 27th court hearing, Rex told the judge he's putting in two to three hours a day reviewing the evidence, and it was said in that hearing that a cheek swab taken from Rex also matched DNA the authorities had for evidence. Now, the district attorney said that this erases all doubt, but the defense said there is nobody on the face of this earth that is credible is going to say that hair is my client's hair, even though they have the DNA to prove that. Rex says, I am sorry it took so long to write back to you. I know I should have done it sooner. The main thing I wanted to say was thank you. Now, here's the most intriguing sentence coming up out of the whole letter. Let me know what you think below. He said, the main thing I wanted to say was thank you. And then he said, to you and yours for the letters and what has been done for mine. Thank you, Rex. Let me know your thoughts below. Now, on a podcast called The Lighter Side of Serial Killers, Keith was on and talked about Rex and said he initiated communication with Rex, offering advice on navigating the legal system after his arrest. Apparently, Keith was quite chatty on there, and he encouraged Rex to confess to his crimes, emphasizing the benefits of avoiding a trial and preventing prosecutors from finding uh, incriminating evidence. Keith also discussed Rex's complaints about jail conditions, echoing the content of their letters. Keith's message to Rex was to own it and be transparent in confessing the details of his crimes. He suggested that confessing could expedite Rex's transfer to prison where conditions might be more favorable than in jail. He highlighted the routine and better food in prison and also compared the uncertainties of the court hearings. Now about the food, he said, the food is different, the food is better in prison. You also know what? He's worried about butter on his gray. Well, he'll get larger. Do you know what that means, butter on his gray? Let me know what you think below because I have no clue. Tried to see if that was a mistake, but it didn't look like it was. Keith said he expects to hear from Rex again and explained what his letter to Rex was about and authorities wanting Rex to receive the letter. He said, quote, they want the letter to get to him. They want him to listen to this guy who is telling him how the system is. So when you finally get to it, the police can go out and solve all the other cases with them. So that's what I'm telling him to do. Don't hold anything back. Now, despite Rex pleading not guilty, Keith advised him to be honest, saying that life behind bars would be easier without a trial. He cautioned Rex about the media attention that a trial would attract and recommended him make a deal with the lawyers for smoother process. He said, if you want press, you're going to get it. And he said, if you want to be on the news, go to trial. For the next six months or a year, he says, they'll know. When you hit prison, everyone will know it's a bad thing. Everybody knows what's going on. And in the face of Rex's not guilty plea, Keith continued to advocate for confessing, suggesting it would lead to more manageable of a life in prison, free from the publicity and the challenges of trial. And he believes that prompt acceptance of these consequences would ultimately benefit Rex in the long run. Do you think Keith would be bothered about the potential attention Rex would get? He did get upset in the past over his own case, and he wanted to make sure that people would know it was him. He's the happy face killer. So could this bother him? What do you think? I think it would, potentially. And... That's why he's asking Rex to just go ahead and plead guilty and avoid the attention. What do you think? 
Now, this is interesting. Rex and Keith are very, very tall men. And Rex is six foot six, and Keith is also six foot six, which is interesting. They have a lot in common, it seems. They both have several victims, allegedly for Rex, of course, but there seems to be a lot in common. Keith's victims spanned several states, and they are looking into that for Rex as well. And I do wonder what Rex gets out of this interaction besides court advice and vice versa, don't you? Now, Melissa Moore, who's the daughter of the notorious Happy Face Killer, took the initiative to start a GoFundMe campaign for Asa Ellerup, the wife of Rex. Asa filed for divorce shortly after Rex was arrested and drawing from Melissa's own experience with a similar family situation, she visited Asa and her children to provide much needed support. She highlighted the absence of a guidebook for dealing with this shocking revelation that a family member is an alleged serial killer. And the fundraising goal was set at $100,000 under the banner, Help Asa Ellerup Start a New Life. It had garnered $56,390 $95 as of the time of this recording in contributions, but recently I went to go check on it and it was paused. Melissa clarified that the funds are intended for ACE's direct use, covering home repairs, addressing medical expenses such as cancer treatments, and handling other costs, including legal fees associated with her divorce from Rex. Now, when the authorities did a search, ASA was furious as to the condition it was left in when the authorities left. And in the face of criticism and controversies, Melissa staunchly defended Asa's innocence, asserting that she's a victim in her own right and had no knowledge of Rex's hidden life. Moore dismissed accusations of Asa's involvement, pointing out that authorities had been monitoring Rex extensively and if she were complicit, the charges would have been pressed. Now, I covered that in a previous video that Asa's hair was found around three of the victims, but the authorities had ruled her out and she had an alibi. But some are saying that mm, maybe she should be looked into again. And Melissa emphasized that Asa's attention to her home does not diminish her concern for the victims, underlining that both Asa's family and the victims' families are victims in their own unique ways. Melissa said, there is no playbook for what you should do after hearing your husband or father is an alleged serial killer. It's truly one moment at a time to eventually one day at a time. But I witnessed a familiar facial expression from Asa, one my mother had often after my father's arrest. This is an interesting quote. She said, the look was one of pride for her children and fear. Are they going to be okay? And addressing critiques suggesting that Asa prioritizes her house over the victims, Melissa also came to Asa's defense, noting that attorneys discussed the house and Asa is primarily concerned about the well-being of her loved ones. Melissa stressed the importance of recognizing that victims take on diverse forms and urged a focus on the perpetrator rather than diverting the attention to the family. Melissa stated, her innocence is clear. I've been in this space for so long. I've met hundreds of other families going through similar circumstances and I can read a person very well. When the day comes, when she finally feels like sharing her story, everybody will have no doubt that she wasn't involved in any way. 
She said that the authorities were tracking Rex for a long time and that if Asa was complicit, she would have been charged as well. She said, it just reminds me of what my family went through and she's being treated as guilty by association. That just causes more harm. Melissa conveyed her empathy for Asa, acknowledging the challenging circumstances and shared a lighthearted moment when discussing a picture of Asa flipping off the press. She said, I stroked her hair and said, I am so sorry, Asa, for what you are going through. Then I divulged to her with a chuckle that I irreverently laughed when I saw her picture of her flipping off the press. Now, there's a bit of controversy over Asa right now as she and her family is said to have signed a $1 million exclusive deal with Peacock to create a documentary. And the victim's families are not happy and understandably so. I'll cover this in another video. They are outraged. Shannon Gilbert's sister, Sherry Gilbert, tweeted, disappointed, disgusted, flabbergasted, frustrated are a few words that come to mind right now. The way that the media will buy stories to further re-victimize, re-traumatize, and exploit the families and victims of serial killers is evil. The cousin of Jessica Taylor stated in a tweet, I haven't stopped shaking all morning. I'm so effing disgusted to see that RH's family will become rich off the suffering of victims and their families. Now, let me know what you think about this. Do you think it's fair for her to do the documentary? Do you think she should wait? Do you think she should not do it all? Let me know below. I will be doing another video on this as well, but I'm really curious about your thoughts and maybe a comment from this video will be featured in the next video. If you want to see more on this case, check it out here or check out a video that's recommended right here for you. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you in the next video. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.